0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: So, about two weeks ago, I came live and on air and I said, People should consider buying Boeing because they are really, really close to getting that certification. Got a little bit of pushback from one email. Writer, listener, saying their book value is negative. How would you dare consider even thinking about this? I'm like, buy on the rumors, sell on the news. There's a lot of things that move stocks. Headlines can do it. Boeing is moving the stock market today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, because they did get recertified to fly. Their stock is trading up six points, up 3%. That's a pretty big move when you see how big of a company they are. They're still way off their all time highs. They still have a massive amount of backlog, which is positive, but they also have a massive amount of inventory because for essentially 20 months, they were making planes that they weren't being able to deliver. So next year, they probably won't have as many input costs of making the planes and yet they'll be able to deliver the planes. I won't get into the psychology of, is the plane safe to fly? Will we ever fly again as a nation? Bill Gates went on record saying 50% of business travel will never come back because businesses have learned Zoom is just as good. He didn't quite say that, but that was the gist of it. So Boeing is a big market mover today. Sitting at $217 a share. At the worst of the pandemic they were at $95 a share. Now they're at $200 a share, 216 to be exact. More than doubling your money if you had bought at the worst moment. When the news is grim, when the blood is in the streets, that's typically the best time to buy on Wall Street. I hesitate to even make this analysis. But 9-11 was a buying opportunity. Boeing's crash and F F you're not allowed to fly mandate, was a buying opportunity. When a hurricane hit North Carolina and shook up their beaches, and people were like, I'm getting out of this beach property. I can't take hurricanes anymore. And they sold in mass. It was a buying opportunity. As sick as it sounds... You don't get a lot of buying opportunities in life. Am I telling you that's how you should invest? No. Am I telling you that's how the system kind of works at times? Yeah. I hate to say it out loud. I wish I would have bought more during down times, but even myself gets caught up stopping myself. I go self. I don't know if I would do that. What if there's another terrorist attack tomorrow? What if another plane goes down tomorrow? What if the war goes on for another year? What if, if fifths and butts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. That's what saves me. You you got to take the opportunities when they come. I remember in March and April of this year, when the markets crash into a bear market, it was crazy. It didn't happen in like four or five months, like it typically is a slow grind lower. It happened in four or five days. We had bad day after bad day, after bad day, after bad day. And two weeks later, we had a bear market. And I came on air and I said, this is a once in a generation buying opportunity. I'm not touting anything. I'm not tooting my own horn. There was more people than just me who saying that. I take a lot of pride that we work through that. A lot of pride in it. So Boeing's a big story today. Am I going to get caught up in it? Nope. Because there's another day, another dollar somewhere else. There's a big part of Wall Street now that's starting to formulate conversation on jobless benefits and a need for another round of stimulus before the vaccine gets manufactured and distributed and, I guess, inoculated. or I guess until we get inoculated. There's a big question mark of what does the economy look like post-Christmas? Jobless benefits expiration, threatens to pull the rug from underneath the economy. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm enjoying the markets at all-time highs, or close to all-time highs. When you're 1.5% off an all-time high, I kind of call it an all-time high. And I said that the year before, 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 this market finds ways to go higher. Would I have predicted in January, this was how 2020 was going to play out? No, we saw stretched valuations. We saw a 10 year bull market and we're like, this has to end at some time, throw enough darts, you're going to get a bullseye, which for the record, I've got no skill at darts. I would say stand aside, stand six feet. Social distancing rule is, is more like 12 feet when it comes to me and darts, because I will poke you. The Dow rises after more positive vaccine trial data and Boeing data. Oh, a lot of states are bleeding cash right now, so we, we are going to need to really get to the stimulus thought sooner than later. Is it enough to derail the market? I don't think so. 800-516-1228 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Apple is cutting the cost of using their app store in app purchases from 30% to 15% for essentially 95% of the companies who have apps on the app store. Let's talk about this. The cut to 15% from 30% will allow developers whose apps generate up to 1 million over the past year. Um, This is part of the bitter fight between Apple and Spotify. Apple and Match Group, which owns Tinder. Apple and Epic Games. That spat over, why are we paying you 30%, turned into... Europe and the United States going, are you guys, do we need to throw our antitrust scrutiny on you? So I think Apple kind of took a step in the right direction to say, hey, we're playing fair We're more fairish. It won't be a huge financial hit to Apple. It's gonna affect 98% of all the companies in the app store. They're gonna get a, a, a headwind from this, a tailwind. Sorry about that. I messed those two up. Every now and then, I mix my metaphors, and it's not a good thing. Revenue combined, out of all those 98% that will get their fee reduction, it only adds up to about 5% of the app store's revenue. So it's a hit, but it's very small. And if that keeps the antitrust regulators off their back, I would say probably well worth it money well spent Warren Buffett has plowed $5 billion into healthcare stocks. If you want to be the greatest basketball player of all time, you study Michael Jordan, although I consider him a ball hog who missed more shots than he made. I know that's not how you're supposed to analyze basketball players, but I still do, uh, if you want to be the greatest investor of all time, you, you kind of follow in the footsteps of Warren Buffett. What is he thinking? He owns insurance companies, railroad companies, chocolate companies, T-Mobile. He owns a lot of different types of companies, but he's betting big on healthcare. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com.
0: Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220
1: KDOW. FYI, I'm going to take a couple days off next week and celebrate Thanksgiving. 2020, what a show. My very first radio show was called 2020 on Wall Street. I thought it was being clever. I was dating a young woman named Juliet at the time, and she was a graphic designer, and she helped me design a newsletter which supported the show. I think I charged for it, which is weird, because that feels like a business model 100 years old, but it's only 25 years old. 2020 on Wall Street, we blurred out the 2020 part. So it looked like it wasn't really 2020 vision. It looked like it was 2100 or something. I don't even know how optometrists work. Trump is canceling Thanksgiving at Mar-a-Lago. There's a big bunker mentality going on right now. Bitcoin explodes above 18,000, taking its market capitalization to an all-time high. Bitcoin got a little bit of love from Square and PayPal this year that I would almost call it legitimate, legitimizes the love. I don't know. <laughs> I've got to be careful because the analogies I'm going are R-rated. Are uh, but Bitcoin above 18,000 is highest in three years. Price is closed above 17,000 on only five other days in history. Frenzy over its price caught the attention of Hollywood celebrity Maisie Williams. We ran a Twitter poll Tuesday on whether she should buy Bitcoin. That's kind of pop culture, right? Are you with me on that? When we get to that point where we're now running polls on should I or should I not? What's that tell you? Uh, it's in the collective mind. She would be Arya Stark, for those of you without knowledge. Should she buy Bitcoin? Maybe. There's not a lot of roles like Arya Stark in the world. She debuted on HBO's Game of Thrones. Man, do I miss Game of Thrones. The first four seasons, last three sucked. Let's be honest. I know you're saying, I haven't watched it yet. Don't spoil it for me. She's a dragon. She's not a dragon. But HBO had a big old blockbuster product on their hands. And when that ended, we go, what's next? Westworld? Okay, We, we could buy into that a little bit. Then we start getting into Netflix. Like Netflix versus HBO Max versus Hulu versus cable versus like, oh, there's too many choices. So who gave advice to Maisie Williams when she asked for should she buy Bitcoin or not? In steps Elon Musk. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. I dig Elon Musk, and I kind of cringe at Elon Musk. He's the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. SpaceX got four astronauts in space for the next six months. Fingers crossed they come back to Earth and we learn something. So Maisie, Maisie Williams... Mays, said go, she, she, on Twitter, said, should I go long on Bitcoin? To go long in finance means should you buy and hold it? Expecting a profit when you sell it. So Musk said, toss a Bitcoin to your Witcher, which is a reference to a totally entirely different series than Game of Thrones. Witcher is based on a Polish writer, for lack of correct pronunciation, Andrzej Sapkowski. And Netflix has The Witcher. So is he saying toss a coin to The Witcher? Which, it's tough to explain what Musk is trying to say. I I, I personally don't get it but we'll go with it. Is it magic internet money? Bitcoin? I really don't know. Williams got 902,000 responses on Twitter. I think 2020 is the year that the internet broke my mind about marketing and advertising. When Justin Bieber can come on and tweet one tweet about crocs and sell them out his own version of crocs when travis scott can go out and tweet that he's got a a meal at mcdonald's and mcdonald's is saying we're running out of hamburgers what the hell is going on in the world when the kardashians said we're ending our tv show i'm like why i've never watched one episode but why it's because things are changing The internet has more influence. Twitter has more influence than cable TV. I guarantee it. I guarantee it with a T. The Kardashians are not leaving E cable news for any other reason than greener pastures somewhere else. So Maisie Williams received 902,000 responses. 53.4% said the actors should not go long. 46.6% said she should purchase it. The poll is not scientific like the presidential polls. It shows that Bitcoin is gaining some mainstream interest. She asked her poll question at an all-time high. We're close to it. Highest since 2018. Uh, What's the next target? It looks like 22,000. It's at 18,000 right now. Are you in or are you out? Are you pro Mazey or against, like, are you pro? Are you? I don't know. It's an area that I can't analyze. I don't want to analyze. But it, it certainly catches your attention. Marissa Meyer, E of Google and old Yahoo, she surfaced again. She's working on an app called Sunshine. And the goal of Sunshine is to fix your contact lists. Um, My sugar booger, my spouse, has Yahoo contacts merged with Google contacts on her phone, and she's got about a bazillion contacts. She doesn't want that many. Marissa Meyer said, I used to work at Yahoo, and people know my stupid Yahoo email address, and I used to work at Google, and people know my old Google email address. She goes, I got a new one. And this app is developed to artificial intelligence. Go out and find all of your contact information. Is it going to change the world? It doesn't feel like it. Is she back? She's to Baby back. Which I'm good with. She, was, she wasn't much as a CEO. She made a lot of huge mistakes at Yahoo, including buying Tumblr. Huge mistake, to say the least. Will Mercer Meyer be the Game of Thrones champion? Will HBO ever have a Game of Thrones prequel or sequel? Will George R. R. Martin finish the freaking fragging book series already? These and more answers coming up. Also, Patrick O'Hare. I might bet on him becoming the King of the North. Take a break here. We'll be right back.
0: Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested more trying to get you to retirements the goal of the show one of the way we do that is we talk to smart people Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com has been on the show
2: for a long time (laughs) mr. O'Hare
1: how are you and how are the markets looking these days
2: hey good morning Rob I'm I'm doing well thank you and and it it has been a long but obviously a very enjoyable time I'm glad to be back with you Uh, the uh, markets are you know they're kind of just hanging around today Um, not doing it, not doing a lot, but of course they've done a ton uh, this month, and they certainly have done a ton since the March lows, but really in the last, uh, uh, since the end of October, they've just been uh, white hot with some huge gains across all areas, really, uh, on the idea or the optimism surrounding vaccine development efforts and uh, the promise of their ability to help restore life to normal as we, as we once knew it uh, as 2021 progresses. So uh, there's been a lot of good news priced in there, and I think market might be just fighting now that headwind of, of, of knowing that a lot of good news has been priced in and, and could be you know, due here for a, for a consolidation period.
1: Yeah, you're mentioning the good news, and let's, let's highlight some of the good news that I've seen at briefing.com today. Target, Blue Pass Consensus Expectations. Uh, Tesla is being added to the S&P 500. Morgan Stanley is upgrading them today. The Boeing 737 MAX airplane is being recertified as safe to fly. It took some 600 plus days to get that certification. It took Pfizer like 250 days to get a vaccine for a pandemic type flu that was killing off the world slowly but surely. Um, There's a lot of good stories there. Any of them stand out to you or are they just story stocks that we should take a look at earnings or should we take a look at stimulus or should we put the election past us of 2020 and go to 2021? What's your pushing message right now? What's your overall theme, if you had one to boil it down to?
2: Well, you know, I think if we synthesize today's lineup, you could say you had very good news across the vaccine, the economic and the earnings fronts, right? You well also said. had a housing star support for October that was was stronger than expected. And you have, uh, single family starts that are at their highest level since 2007, right? So what stands out for me in terms of, of messaging as someone who's a marketing analyst is, is why isn't the market doing any better than it is right, right now? Um, you have an, you know, S&P 500 that's basically flat for the day despite all of this, this good news. And, um, you know, you take a step back and you do have to recognize that, you know, the S&P 500 was up about ten and a half percent just this month alone coming into today and um, and I think that uh, you know this all this good news is coming and of course you still have you know on the sidelines if you will all of the bad reports about the explosion in coronavirus cases the the constraints on hospital systems and certain hospital systems across the country and and more cities and states announcing you know restrictions on certain business activities to help contain that spread which will inevitably have an adverse economic impact. But yes, I mean the market is, is clearly, you know, willing to look through that and it's it's looking over the horizon into 2021 when it expects a whole lot of uh, a better a whole lot better earnings news and economic news and, and that's why you're seeing also this uh this inclination to favor these uh cyclical and value trades uh, more so than than the growth and momentum factors that have uh, led the market throughout the year, and because we're pulling back now from some of those um, uh, highly weighted, you know, growth stocks, it makes it difficult at the index level for you know for the S P 500 to to make big gains, even though you've got some good news going on right now at at the individual stock level. Something I really like about briefing.com. I'm going to ask you to give me
1: your favorite thing, but. I was just looking at the in play, which is kind of a daily feed of what's happening. And it's, I don't know how many analysts or how many people you have working on it, but there was just an update on Beyond Meat that they've launched Beyond Pork in five restaurants in China. And a, a five restaurants, whoever wrote it for you guys said, that doesn't sound like a lot, but clearly there's an opportunity beyond that. Um, I love the little tidbits that y'all are able to find and pull together on stocks and stock stories and earnings and all sorts of things. Your big picture on Friday helps enormously. Your daily uh, posts on the market helps enormously. Is there any feature that I'm missing or that I should be paying attention to at briefing.com at this point in time? Because what I do use, I dig, but it's a lot like a Bloomberg terminal. I clearly don't use it all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know the live inplay page is the is the main repository, so kind of all of our you know content ultimately feeds through that channel so um and, and I think probably maybe the one thing you might be missing is in terms of is the functionality of our site um, there's a lot of information that runs through in play uh, across all aspects of the market, whether you're talking economic data earnings data corporate news m and a announcements and and so on um it all runs through that page, and it it's, can be overwhelming, but one of the nice functions of briefing.com is that you can customize that page to uh, have it display only those things that are going to matter to you or, or that matter to you the most in terms of topics. Um, you can structure your own portfolios on our site and get news that's only germane to the holdings within that portfolio. Uh, so there's a lot of great features on briefing.com that capture the totality of our product in a way that's uh, helpful to the individual user level and and give them the best value added from from that standpoint.
1: Good news on that. We're closing out the year. Thanksgiving is next week. You and I will discuss later our scheduling. Um, But what are you thinking about the end of the year and the transition into 2021? I've heard the term transition year for 2021 as far as the economy goes. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I believe we talked a little bit last week, Rob, just about kind of what you know what makes 2021 come together in the way that the market thinks it will right now. And you need to see, you know, earnings growth show up uh, in the way that it's currently projected. But perhaps, probably even better than that, you need interest rates, long-term rates, to stay down, uh, not to go up in a in a rapid-fire rapid-fire manner. Um, I think what we see here going into year end. We're probably going to run into a consolidation period here. It's it's only natural. You've had such big gains in a short amount of time. But I do think you have a market that's predisposed to want to move higher because right now, as it looks over the horizon into 2021, it's still only allowing itself to think good things in terms of what it's going to hear with respect to earnings, the economy, tax policy. Politics, trade relationships, uh, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so it has a somewhat rose-colored view, rose-colored glasses on, which is could be a, a bit of a, a warning signal. But, uh, but it certainly is, in our estimation, probably predisposed to to move into the end of the year, uh, barring some unforeseen exogenous circumstance, uh, with a, a favorable outlook.
1: Is there anything else that you're working on at this point in time that you want to bring to our attention? Any highlights of the day? You brought up housing data earlier on, and I'll be honest, I'm skipping over it. I'm, I'm focusing on Boeing. I'm focusing on Pfizer. Um, but there's there's other things we have to pay attention to. Is there anything that comes to mind for you?
2: Well, one thing I might uh, take a little bit deeper look into are some of the sentiment uh, indicators. Um, You know, we saw out of the Bank of America Global Fund Manager survey yesterday that, you know, bullishness is about as high as it's been all year amongst those fund managers. The investors' intelligence uh, readings are are hitting levels that are typically associated with a uh, a signaling for a a market pullback here. Um, and, And these are not uh, you know, surprising. I mean, we've had such a nice run in the market. There's a lot of good news. You should see these elevated levels of bullish sentiment, but uh, but they can be contrarian signals. And so, you know, people looking to put you know money to work right now um, uh, might want to pay heed to that and, and 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 recognize that even if they put money to work now, it could be subjected to you know a little bit um, a little bit of a drawdown in the near term. But uh, obviously, if you have a long term mindset, that shouldn't matter that much. But it's just something to kind of keep an eye out for.
1: Well, thanks very much. And uh, hopefully we talk next week, but if we don't have a good Thanksgiving with your family Um, and I appreciate all your efforts. (laughs) Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a great source of domestic and international information about the markets. It's a source that I use daily. It's a source that I give a big thumbs up to. And some of it's going to be over you. But some of it's going to strike well with you. I'm not a big IPO person, but they have a section dedicated to giving a report card to upcoming IPOs. And I think we all get the concept of report cards, right? If this looks like an A-plus report card, maybe we should pay attention to this stock. If it looks like a D-, minus, maybe there's some flags that it won't be working out. You can't possibly, and this is something I say on radio and television all the time, one individual should probably not try to own too many stocks because to follow it gets in over your head. What Patrick O'Hare was mentioning is you can customize briefing.com so that it allows you to see information about what you want to see. And it's very helpful every now and then I get an email from people and I don't really answer stock questions, but if it's a compelling question, if it gets me to look up the stock, um, I'll cut and paste some some information out because that's how good briefing is at getting data pulled together. Um, today, for instance, at briefing.com, U.S. crude oil refinery inputs averaged 13.8 million barrels per day during the week ending November 13. So, refineries are operating at 77% of their capacity. Huh? Now, that may mean something to you, it may not takes a little time to process, a little history to get some perspective. There's a lot of good data out there. And a lot of it's not biased, even though we live in a biased world, right? Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for Rob Black. Take a break. We'll be right back.
0: A podcast with music. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM
1: 1220 KDOW. There's only so many hours in a day. An area that I don't know a lot about, but I continue to try to immerse myself in knowledge is Bitcoin. It climbed above 18,000 for the first time since December 2017. It's 8.6% higher today than it was yesterday. Bitcoin has been on a tear in 2020, up over 150%. In large part, probably due to unprecedented monetary and fiscal stimulus out of the United States and the world in response to the COVID-19 crisis. It also got big-time interest from big-name investors like Paul Tudor Jones and Stephen Drunkenmiller. There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoins ever made. In theory, I don't know what that means. I've got no freaking idea how Bitcoins will operate. The cryptocurrency has had a great year this year. One of the things that it's been known for is that it's jumped onto PayPal and Fidelity and Square. Total number of Bitcoins ever to be produced is capped at 21 million. So there's only so much of it on the planet. The cryptocurrency underwent a key technical event in the spring known as halving. Cut in half. Halving. Halving. Halving it. How do you say that word correctly? It's so close to halving. Halving. Which saw the amount of Bitcoins reported to the so-called miners. Who add Bitcoin transactions to the public ledger get cut in half, and that's where you're like, whoa, I might be in over my head. Um, <laughs> that's all I got on on Bitcoin. I need to move past it and say, congratulations if you stayed, good for you. Boeing's flyer and hired today after the FAA rescinded its order that halted commercial operations of the Boeing 737 Max. What this means is that airlines can now take the necessary steps to resume flying max planes, which will take about a month, and that Boeing can resume making deliveries. But airlines can't start flying immediately. They need to make sure they hit the FAA requirements. They have to install software enhancements. They have to conduct pilot training. They have to accomplish this through depreservation activities. That will ensure the airplanes are ready for service. Uh, FAA specialists will need to sign off on the condition of each max before Boeing delivers them to their customers. A lot of paperwork. So some investors are wondering why the stock is higher, given that Boeing has already signaled the expected FAA approval in the fourth quarter. We knew it. I knew it. I won. There has been no guarantee that Boeing's expectations would come to fruition. But we kind of knew that it was going to happen. But then again, this timeline has been pushed back twice already. So now we got the news. Do You buy the rumor or sell on the news up to you on its last earnings call, which I listened to. It was pretty grim. Boeing said that it has approximately 450, 737 max aircraft already built and stored in inventory. Inventory is a big part of supply and demand. Supply and demand is a big part of how the economy works. How the economy works is a big part of how the stock market works. The company expects that it'll have to remarket some of these aircraft and potentially reconfigure them, which will extend the delivery timeframe. Essentially, they're going to be adding some new sensors. I don't know what that means. I don't know where they go. I don't know how they operate, but that's the story and I'm sticking to it. The fourth quarter timeline seems to have held. Kudos to Boeing. Again, kudos to people who held on to Bitcoin and looked death in the eye when Bitcoin went from 18,000 a couple of decembers ago all the way down to 3,000, all the way back up to 18,000. That's a hell of a run. Talking about roller coasters. It's a different world that the Max is re entering into the 737 Max. It's COVID world. Investors need to understand that a quick sales rebound is unlikely. Bill Gates said 50% of business travel will never come back. Bill Gates is someone I would love to have coffee with. Or tea. I'd probably do tea so I could prolong it a little bit longer. I don't have that kind of money to bid on lunch with Bill Gates, but if I could, I would. It took Pfizer 246 days to get to the point of a 95% effective vaccine. They've applied for emergency use. It took Boeing 616 days to get a plane recertified. What's going on in this world? Apple is slashing its App Store payment fees, probably in an effort, in my opinion, not because they're nice, but because they want to get along with the U.S. and Europe as far as being anti-competitive. It shouldn't hit the bottom line in a tangible manner. Apple said it's going to ch- the change from 30% to 15%. is going to affect 98% of the companies that pay a commission, but their revenue combined totaled only 5% of App Store revenues. The big boys, Spotify. Match Group, which owns Tinder and Epic Games, have fought with Apple over its in-app payment rules. Tinder has an amazing business model. You can pay to get people to like you, or to see you at least. Um, There's a line in the movie Dumb and Dumber where the Jim Carrey character, who's probably fair to say mentally challenged... Is asking a beautiful, smart, intelligent young woman. He's telling her he's in love with her and he wants to marry her. And she goes, if you were the last man on the planet, not even if you were the last man on the planet or something along those lines. And he goes, so I got a chance. Yeah, and that's that's what we're, say, we're saying here. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The holidays feel imminent. Most of the news is broken for the positive, but there's still a lot of questions. But I feel good about 2021. I feel better about 2022. I'm still invested. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.